You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me via Skype is my friend Mike Leboff. And Mike, on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you that the preseason is over? I'm happy. I'm like an 8. Yeah. I'm not happy that I'm not happy that to, to be sweating these games now, but <laughs> I am very 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 happy to like to to the preseason, you know, lines and freaking out about different defense pairs is over. Yeah. And now it now it really counts. It actually does matter now. So yeah, uh, I, as you as a the most the man who hates the preseason the most, I thought that would be higher. But yeah, that means that we actually have to. Worry well, yeah, about this stuff. it should be in theory. It should be, but I, the only thing I hate more than the preseason is the regular season. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, well, on a scale of one to ten, I am at a ten. Super excited because uh, we have our first special guest of the season, perhaps our most special guest. Uh, he is our friend and Lighthouse Hockey's founder. Dominic Yansky. Dom, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. No problem. Uh, now that we're doing this weekly, I hope to actually follow up on the promise I always make to do this more than once a year. So oh, we're yeah. getting this off on a good start. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> so we got a lot to talk about. Um, the Islanders play tomorrow night. We're recording this on Wednesday. 
The Islanders play their opening game in Raleigh on Thursday against the Hurricanes, who for the 18th season in a row are picked to be the surprise team out of the Eastern Conference. We'll see how that works out. Um, but uh, they have done a bunch of stuff already this week. They've pared down every team in the NHL has pared down to their final roster of 23 players. Um, for the Islanders, that meant sending uh, Devon Taves to Bridgeport, uh, which we'll talk about a lot in a little bit, and uh, also waving Tanner Fritz and Tom Kuhnhackle, although they're kind of still hanging around, which is kind of weird, um, all in the name of roster flexibility. Um, but basically, and this is an Arthur Staple tweet, obviously Arthur would be the first person to say that he's always wrong about these things, but the lineup generally kind of is looking sort of like uh, a top line of uh, Barzell between Beauvillier and Bailey. There's a little Killer Bees action going on there. Nelson, Lee, and Eberle in the second line, as in the sort of other guys that are capable of scoring. Martin Sezikis Clutterbuck get a promotion from the best fourth line ever to, as our friend Noel has already called him, the most meh third line ever. Uh, and then the Komarov Filpola line is fourth. Maybe Tanner Fritz goes there. Maybe Kuhn Hackle. Maybe big man Ross Johnston. Maybe Andrew Ladd when he comes back healthy eventually. And then the defense is all over the place. Apparently Adam Pellick and Ryan Pullick are their first pair. Again, Arthur Staple is speculating. Lucas Biza, Nick Letty. Boy, we got a lot to talk about Lucas Biza later. And then Thomas Hickey and Johnny Boychuk. Uh, and then Leonard and Grice as the goalies. So, Dom, we'll start with you. Um, I think we're all in agreement that this is not a uh, a lineup that inspires a lot of confidence. <laughs> but um, I guess uh, my first question would be sort of, uh, you know, what, what were your takeaways from the camp? And kind of what are your, I guess, initial thoughts about this lineup, although again, you know, places are something to change. Yeah, I I feel like it's I I want to give Barry Trotz a long leash, and uh, it's going to be interesting to watch him sort of figure it out. Like I don't I don't like the decisions they made with you know, especially demoting Devontae's, but I I don't. It, it was so almost predictable that stuff like that was going to happen that it's almost like that they kept Tanner Fritz was like, Oh wow. You know, you might sort of keep a guy who's sort of quote unproven, uh, not from a winning culture, um, <laughs> and all that crap. Cause you're like, Oh, he can actually like skate and, and might move, you know? I mean, what, what he'll do saddled on that line. I, I don't know, but, and you know, maybe he'll be like one of the first casualties of like, yeah, it's not working out for him. Cause he's never getting the puck cause he's playing with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> two other weights two, but two old 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 guys yeah yeah i assume they're just gonna shout at him like when when yeah. culture <laughs> <Win." laughs> but yeah. i don't know i think like whereas in the past i was less confident in what the coaches were doing i, I at least feel like trots will eventually you know make more decisions the deep pairings actually are are that's fascinating to me, like what he's thinking and what he's going to discover. And I don't know if Staple made like a couple references to how basically <laughs> the juggling has been, you know, because he's not satisfied with how any of them are picking up what he wants to do. So I'm, it, while I'm terrified of the season, I'm, I'm excited to see just like how he handles all of that, you know, whether he storms upstairs at some point says, okay, Lou, <laughs> we actually need somebody else. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Mike, you and I talked last time about how the Islanders as a whole are 
kind of like a, a box of misfit toys. Like you're trying to create one. Barry Trotz, I guess, is trying to create one cohesive playset from all of these different toys from all these different series, and some of them are, aren't the same size, and some of them don't you know fit right together. And I mean, looking at a lineup like this, that's still pretty evident. Uh, my favorite aspect of this is Nick Letty playing on a side he hasn't played on since his rookie year in Chicago to accommodate Lucas Spiza, a guy who wasn't wanted by the expansion team that picked him up in the expansion draft a year ago. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to make of any of this. I mean, what are you, what are you looking at this lineup and thinking as of like yeah, right it's- now? It's so funny because you look at it, and if you if if you brought somebody in who who had no idea, you know what the Islanders had done this offseason, and you just slowly revealed the lines from the top to the bottom, you'd be like, "Oh, first line, that's pretty good. Hmm. Second line, all right, and then that's just off a cliff. Yeah. Like no other team. Like I've ever, I don't know if I've ever seen a team that is so not just top heavy, but there's like literally no like middle to it, right? At all. It's it's really really good and really really bad. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. It's 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 like a it's it's a it should be a study. This this roster construction should be a study in like ten years when yeah. they're teaching hockey analytics. When Kyle <laughs> Dubas is is the professor at like McGill University teaching hockey analytics <laughs> with the eight time Stanley Cup champion Kyle Dubas. Uh, yeah, and actually it's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking about. Uh, I was listening to our last last week's podcast trying to refresh my memory about what we said, and we talked about Tom Kuhnhackel and how he has a fun name to say. Um, but it occurred to me that like – so he, he's been waived, but he's still with the team, and, and you can do that. And apparently the idea is that when Andrew Ladd comes back from injury, which is a story we've heard now for two straight seasons, um, you know they'll be able to just go, okay, Tom, bye-bye because you've already been waived and they don't have to like put him on waivers again, which is kind of a cagey move but also kind of complicated and weird because, I mean, Kuhnhackel has been waived, but he could also be in the lineup tomorrow night. We don't know. But – He's the kind of guy who was brought in because of the culture, and we're going to talk all about that in a little bit. But like, and he might be an okay player. I don't, I don't even know. Like, I don't even remember seeing him play at all. Any, I don't. None, none of what he did during the preseason kind of stuck out to me. But it occurred to me that on a line on a team with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and all the rest, you can play a Tom Kuhnhackel, and if he's not that good, well. Who cares? Like you're going to roll Sidney Crosby out there every minute or so, and then after him is going to come Malkin, and it's not a big and Phil Kessel and the whole lot of them. But like on the Islanders, yeah, that's that's a problem. <laughs> like if Tom Kuhnhackel's not good, and maybe he he's paired up with Komarov and Philpola, that's really not good. And suddenly, you know, this team is going to get derailed in a hurry. And I don't know, maybe we're wrong, but it's not looking good right now. And I I don't know, like you know. They're playing a, a Hurricanes team that has given them trouble forever. I mean, what do you think, Dom? Like, do you think that there's going to be some kind of like – I mean, Staple alluded to maybe some kind of, you know, um, line ju- – like, obviously, line, not line matching, but the playing time is going to be very, very regimented being doled out because you can't have guys' lines like those bottom two lines out there for too long. You're going to get killed. Yeah. I, actually, that's what I've been wondering is, like, is he just going to – you know, play the top two lines into the ground. I mean, I'm sure the the uh, the the Sezikis line will get their their regular shift, no matter what. You know, maybe even the symbolic period starters and goal followers in honor of Jack Capuano <laughs> or something. But yeah, I just don't. I mean, I, other teams are going to look at that, especially like I don't know. We're, we have a really reference to like we don't know if Brock Nelson is going to 
be able to do this. You know, he's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. so like it could really fall to pieces pretty quickly if, um, if he's not an effective center or if he's, you know, I'm, I'm maybe they, they find some chemistry with that, that new mix there, or maybe trots teaches him things that nobody has, you know, been instilling or, or, or you know, disciplining him to do over the last <laughs> several seasons. Right. But, um, I mean, you know, he, he has skill and talent and stuff, but it's just, um, the, the kind of disappearing and, and, uh, yeah. So I'm just, I don't know how many, t- it's kind of how many minutes can you give the top line? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, right. yeah. yeah. And then just, you know, uh, I, I, I'm trying to be optimistic and open-minded, but I, I just see things, you know, falling apart fairly quickly. I have the, the, the staple tweet I've been referencing up on here and I'm, I'm staring at it while listening to you guys talk and I'm just shaking my head like, man, this is going to get really bad. This is, and, and, you know, even with the, with the, the deep pairings that you were saying, like, it's, it's possible that, that try, I mean, not possible. It's probable that trots is yeah. Experimenting because he's not sure what to do. And again, those top two lines have been fairly cemented and I think they're okay, but you know, again, Nelson's a question mark, but I mean, everybody else is kind of where they, they should be, I guess. Although the Josh Bailey mm-hmm. arguments will continue until we're all dead and buried, uh, <laughs> hundreds of years from now. Um, but, you know, that being said, if if he is still experimenting and the season starts tomorrow, it's probably not a good sign. And I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, Mike, you're the whole thing last time was that maybe, you know, we're, we need to look in into the future for our um, optimism and be like, well, you know, year one is probably going to suck, but maybe year two, and year three. But I mean, even still. <laughs> as a year one group, this might be, I don't know, just, uh, I, it's hard to really kind of get excited when, you know, the, you have guys on this team that you like, but at the same time, they're not playing with each other. And that makes it really, really hard to kind of get excited. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I, I really, I hope that, you know, if it does go off the rails that they do make, you know, Lou and trots looked at themselves in the mirror, which is, you know, a lot easier said than done, just given the way those two guys are. <laughs> Um, and, and do make the right moves and bring up, you know, the Taves and the Bellows and the Hosangs. Cause if the thing is like, if the Islanders hadn't gone out and went bargain bin like crazy, <laughs> crazy in the off season, the, uh, they, they, they would be like, they wouldn't be a playoff team, but you know, there, there'd be a lot more reason to be looking forward to tomorrow and the season with Hosang and, and Bellows playing up with, with, you know, the, with Barzell and Beauvillier they're, they're, and, and not, you know, Valtteri, Philpola, you know, ha- handsome as he is, yeah. which, which we will give him his, we will give him his due for Absolutely. being handsome, <laughs> um, which you did like every episode, yeah. I think. And, um, but you know, that th- there'd be a lot more reason there, the ceiling would be higher. Hmm. Um, and you know, there'd be a reason to tune in. Like, it's just, it's unfortunate that, you know, it kind of, went that route instead of uh you know the the taking taking a risk in a season that was basically already lost on july 1st so <laughs> yeah i mean i they don't they wouldn't say that that it was lost on july 1st but i mean i don't know it's it's kind of hard to not to, i mean it's funny because now everybody now all the stories are coming out like all oh, people are writing us off we got a chip on our shoulder we're using that as motivation that's all fine and good and i get all that but like i don't know if, <laughs> if you're looking at this roster it's it's pretty tough to do that, but uh, I was just reminded of two things uh, that that were pointed out to me as as you were mentioning uh, Fritz and and um, Hosang and Kiefer Bellows. 
Um, I mean, so let, let's assume that tomorrow night's line involves tomorrow night's lineup involves a line of Komarov, Filpula, and Kuhnhackel. Let's just say, like, how much better would the Islander and then Martin Sezikis, Clutterbuck is? I mean, I don't want to go too much into numbers because I don't think any coach really goes with that. But um, what if, like, how much better would the team be if there was if Komarov and Filpula and Kuhnhackel weren't involved and the line was say Fritz, Hosang, and Bella? Like, that's a line that can skate, that's young, that can score. And, yeah, I mean, okay, all of those guys are, you know, Be- Fritz is 27, but he's got, like, you know, a dozen games of NHL experience. So they're kind of a young line. That, to me, would be an exciting line. And, I mean, Tanner Fritz is not a superstar, but, like, that would be an exciting line to me. And that would be a line that I would think, if I was a coach, which, of course, I'm not, like, this is a line that could do stuff and can make stuff happen. But instead, we're going with the sort of, like you just said, Dom, expected way of having Komarov, Filpola, and Fritz, which is really disappointing. The second thing is, these guys, they're bargain bin signings, but they're also expensive. And, like, the Islanders had, like, $20 million of cap space, and now they don't have, they have half of that, which is also disappointing, because they could have used some of that for other pickups later. Um, But, yeah, I just, I I don't know. And then, yeah, the less said about Lucas Spisa, the better. So let's just talk about Devon Taves, the guy who got sent down to Bridgeport. Um, Again, this was all done in the name of flexibility. If I had Lou's quote up, I would read it in my Lou Lamorello impression that it was all about having roster flexibility and giving the coach a chance to you know move stuff around. And that's all fine and good, but like, how long is Devontae going to be down there? And how long are we going to have to watch Lucas Biza fall down on the ice before being like, dude, what the hell? We just went through this with Ryan Pollock. Like, we got to do this again? I don't know. Why are they so averse to young guys? Does anybody have an answer? <laughs> I don't think we do, but... I don't know. Anybody I don't think anybody guess. in the NHL does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, this stuff does like we, we always do say that, like, you know, this stuff, it, it, it's I don't know if it happens this this and this uh, drastically in other markets, but every, every team has has this, this problem. Right. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if every, every team's Twitter faction gets all, <laughs> uh, you know, fiery when that happens. But no, that's true. Everybody does do this, but it doesn't make it any any more fun or uh you know no definitely not i do (laughs) i do i do want to say like i am the one thing that i'm that i am happy about is that they keep saying that they want these guys to be playing regularly which is i'm like you know i I feel like the last regime it was that was never the case where they sent somebody down like hosang it was because you know he he isn't there yet so Mm. they send him down and then he plays on the third line or he gets benched by brent thompson (laughs) whereas this time they're like no we're gonna make make sure these guys play together on the top line like even kovash they're like you know who, who another unfortunate kind of demotion he's, he's going to play on the top line hopefully with uh good players and and we'll see him hopefully hopefully we'll see him soon before he gets jettisoned back to the khl <laughs> yeah I, I mean if anything the islanders are the original like getting them getting guys playing time has not been a priority for the islanders case in point jf barube case in point matt donovan <laughs> guys that sat forever to not play and like, oh yeah, well they're they're practicing hard, so that's good. Yeah, come on, give me a break, dude. Dom, were you going to say something? Sorry, I just need to get that in there. I was just saying, you know, I, I am excited about Bridgeport this year. That's isn't that weird? Like, <laughs> I read Michael Fornabio, and if you're not, I mean, if you're listening to us and not following Michael Fornabio at, at the CT Connecticut Post, you're doing it wrong. That guy is great. Uh, he is as good at yeah. his league as Arthur Staple and Andrew Gross are at theirs. 
and uh, he he's seems he actually sounds very excited about this team because they have veterans for a change and like scoring and good players and like Chris Bork is a guy who you know you're like oh, that guy didn't retire yet he's like an AHL superstar and he yeah signed, a legend yeah he's like a legend who knew right and he he's got three Calder Cups and two scoring titles and I don't know an MVP or something like that and um, he signed with Bridgeport because his brother is here. But, uh, I mean, he makes them, like, one of the favorites for the Calder Cup, which is something I can never remember the Bridgeport Sound Tigers ever being. No. <laughs> yeah, so. never. And I, I do like, you know, I'd, they would never say that. But if, if they want some of these guys we're talking about to get playing time in a, you know, on a good, functioning, winning team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, rather than suffer through the misery where it's like, oh, we yeah. can we could send Phil Phil out there. You know, we're paying him enough to <laughs> <laughs> suffer through a terrible season. Like, uh, you know, expansion team level, um, you know, I, I guess they always say there's some benefit to, you know, players growing up together and having some success at the minor league level. So I'll, I'll kind of look on the bright side there. I I feel like if, you know, eight months from now, we, you know, the Islanders have missed the playoffs and, but the sound tigers have won the Calder cup (laughs) with, with a lot of these guys, then I'll be like, you know what? Maybe those guys were right. And it worked out pretty well. And I know a lot, of, a lot of people listening to this are like, oh, who the hell cares? This is it's an Islanders team. You know, they got – who cares about the – like, it does have some value. And, I mean, I know when the Devils were, were doing their thing, the Albany River Rats slash Devils were always good. I mean, they always were in the mix for the Calder Cup. So, I mean, that's that's a sign of a healthy re- franchise when, when that happens. I, I mean, it would be a small solace, I think, for all of us. <laughs> but, uh, but it would be something. Um, so – you know, we've talked a lot about these older guys and, and how they, you know, how they appeared on the team. And so the question is like, well, if you've got guys like Kiefer Bellows and, and Devon Taves, we'll leave Joshua Sang out of the conversation for a little bit right now. And we can say that they're better. They're certainly younger. And maybe they're probably better than a lot of these older guys that were signed for these this summer. Why the hell aren't they playing? And somebody asked that question to Andrew Gross. And, and this was his answer. And I thought it was very interesting um, you know, it's not a direct quote, but this is what he wrote. Somebody wrote, why is Sabiza on the roster? Um, and basically, Gross wrote, the answer com- that comes back on Sabiza, on Komarov, on Filpola is the organization, in looking to change slash improve the culture, wanted to bring in good character guys who have been in winning programs. Management valuing that higher. Not debating the merits, just passing along the rationale. Don't shoot the messenger. They like these guys because yeah. they play <laughs> winners, which is fair enough. Um yeah. Yes, yeah, Beast has been on a lot of winners. Yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> whatever. He, he, I mean, I guess he played with the Anaheim. He played with Anaheim, who used to be winners and and you know act like they're winners without <laughs> having actually won anything. Um, the Canucks have been terrible, and and obviously the the Vegas Golden Knights have a winning tradition, unlike any other in the NHL. But um, so I have decided to start calling. Komarov, Filpola, Sabiza, and Matt Martin, who again is a, is a holdover, but he's come back over for the same reason. I've decided to dub them the Islanders Culture Club. They are the Culture Club, and they have been brought in to change the culture. And this is probably nonsense. Like, I don't know. Like, what what are your thinking? What are your thoughts on the idea of changing a culture by just bringing in other guys? It doesn't. It doesn't seem like it's going to make a lot of. It's going to actually you know, work, but this is what guys do, I guess, what coaches and GMs do. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the problem with that statement is when you say guys instead of guy, like, 
like if you brought in Patrick Marlowe or somebody like, you know, I mean, I hate James Neal and I think he's, he's, you know, <laughs> dirty player, but like, you know, if you, you brought like someone like that and David Perron on, on a, on a deal, who's someone who's, who's been and seen and, and can kind of do that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Islanders need, needed eight, eight of them. Right. And I don't think, you know, like, like the Kunakel one was, is the one that of all of them like stuck out. Cause I was like, we just signed Thomas Kunakel like three times already this off season. <laughs> so so yeah. like, like, I, I don't know what the, what the point was there. And, you know, like, like we always say like these guys obviously have forgotten more about hockey and, and roster construction mm. than, than we can ever imagine to, to uh, obtain in our, but it is really not a good sign when everybody was like, what on earth are the Islanders doing? Yeah. And then, and then at one point someone was like, I'm pretty sure the Islanders just have a type. And yeah. I was like, that's, that's right. the perfect way to do it. Yeah. No, I yeah, it's like every morning you woke up and there was another signing of the same guy. Mm. It's, I don't, I just, I don't know. I feel like th- th- this is where, you know, maybe I blame Lou, like who I, <clears throat> I think he's past his prime in terms of hockey eval, but he, you know, he did have the 12, the 2012 finals team, but captain by Bryce Salvador, um, <laughs> featuring Eric Bolton, Cam Jansen, um, and that you know that is one of the goalie. most important teams in Islanders history too. By the way, yeah. that team for, for for what they did in the conference finals. Like <laughs> That's Adam, true. I, I, I said true. Adam Adam Henrique. Like I would have no problem if the Islanders raise Adam Henrique's number to the rafters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Alec Martinez. They did us a huge favor, <laughs> right? Exactly, Martinez. Yeah, I I was in a I had a firm confidence that no matter what the Kings would would save us. <laughs> but but then, no, that's that's true. But I, I just don't like. I don't. It, it doesn't make sense. like Kuhn Hackle played fourth line minutes on a, a cup winning team. Kamarov came from Toronto, which has sucked. Yeah. Like Martin went from the Islanders to Toronto, which both sucked. Yeah. It, Spisa has played on so many sucky teams, but he happened to be healthy for half the season for a team that went on a Cinderella win to the. So I just don't even know what a, a winning culture like. It, I don't know. Find a different term for it because it, <laughs> uh, guys who showed up to meetings on time or something, or, or you know, don't don't piss and moan when I lower their number, or I, I don't know. Like I just, yeah. I feel like there's, I mean, there's certainly value to the collective and to the team culture and stuff, but it just seems like it is so overly uh, valued here. And uh, and it, I have, of course, all the best hopes for for Lamorella working out, but. Um, you know, each signing has been like, huh, this is kind of, because even people are like, oh, well, you know, he, he was part of Toronto's turnaround. And it's like, well, but was he? I mean, <laughs> how much did he inherit there? And even while that was happening, because Kyle Dubas was there before him, people are like, uh, uh, which, which decisions of these are Dubas and which are Lamorellas? Cause you could kind of see the type. And now that they right. split up, it's like, yeah, yeah, okay. He was the guy who, you know, Signed Matt Martin, God love him for for four years. <laughs> yeah, um, and Dubas was the guy, you know, nurturing <laughs> the yeah. the un, un uh, uncovered talent, right? And stuff. So but, I I just I'm worried. I'm very worried. <laughs> no, I think we all are. And and my whole thing with all this culture stuff is I feel like they're doing it backwards. Like you can't bring in a guy and be like, "You're the culture guys. You need to set up our, our mm-hmm. culture." But it's like they've never they've never been in this locker room before. Maybe they all know each. I mean, it's it's a the league is different than when, you know, Dennis Potvin 
was trying to like kill guys. Like they literally hated yeah. the Rangers, you know. And and John Davidson admitted he literally hated the Islanders because it was you know awful back then. And and before then, like you know, when Ted Lindsay got traded from Detroit to Chicago, like yeah. <laughs> you know that was like that was like a slap in the face. You might as well send him to death row. Like that was you know that you could you didn't do that to somebody, but uh, you know it just feels like you're trying to drop airdrop these guys into a situation they've never been in before and if you really want to build a winning culture you almost start with you know like we just talked about like having guys on a team you know with on a maybe an a, a winning AHL team and maybe that's the that's where the culture starts and then they bring that culture yeah. and that drive and that motivation and that camaraderie up to the NHL level i mean like i was i wasn't kidding with the devils like their AHL team was really good and they you know graduated guys to the NHL all the time that continued to be really good and like that was the culture was installed. Nobody like dropped a bunch of dudes in and just said, "You're the culture now, go for it." So that that's my thing. It's like I get you want to change the culture. Mm-hmm. I, I want we all want the Islanders to change their culture. We want them to stop sucking. But like right. yeah, I don't think you do that by just you know installing some new software and all of a sudden calling it a new, it, new culture it doesn't work that way. You know what's funny is the Islanders. The Islanders already got the culture guys. One is wearing a suit on the bench, and the other one's wearing a suit in the skybox. Yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> much, yeah. Aren't those the guys instilling the culture? Yeah, yeah they they that. already did it. Like, so, whatever. It, it is what it is at this point. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, and the other thing too is that like th- that. I mean, that's a hundred percent true. Like they Lamarello and Trotz and and I, I mean, I totally get. I I agree with you, Dom. Like I feel like Lou's best best years are definitely behind him. Trotz obviously is. I think is, <laughs> if coaching has a prime. Barry Trotz is still in it, you know, which is, and he's been yeah. in it for a long time. So I have, I have a lot of faith in Trotz and even with these weird lineup decisions, even if they are sort of extending the evaluation period, I, I'm okay with that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm okay with Trotz. I give him a much longer leash than I mm-hmm. gave Capuano or, or Doug Waite. But, you know, these guys are, are kind of like, again, being airdropped in and they are legends that are coming from different places. You know, Lamorello from Toronto, but obviously he's a devil's legend. Like that's where he made his history, and and people are always going to remember him when he when he when he dies that his tombstone is going to have a New Jersey Devils logo on it. Like that's how it works. Trotz, yeah, he, I mean he he won the, the the Capitals their first Stanley Cup, and obviously he, you know the Nashville Predators wouldn't be where they are without him being there for fifteen years. But like, but Dom, you and I were talking, and you brought up something that I never realized before. It's like when you're the legend and you come in as the legend. And people, you know, sort of introduce you as this is our legendary GM, Mr. X, who was a legend for another team that wasn't ours. It never really goes that well. <laughs> like it never <laughs> works out for the new team nearly as well as it worked out for the legends first team. And I never thought of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where. Well, that I, I, I brought that up because it my class, his, his Brendan Shanahan rant uh, was hilarious and it, it gave me flashbacks to how like Lou Lamorello has kind of haunted my hockey existence for about three decades now because <laughs> I mean I, I you know the Devils were terrible in the 80s I actually like was happy when they made the playoffs on the last day you know because I was like yeah this is you know Gretzky called them a Mickey Mouse organization you know <laughs> screw him but yeah they finally did it you know they were the Rockies and the Scouts before like they they came from such crap and you know, he was leading them but uh of course, then they knocked the aisles out in the first round. So I didn't like that, but it, it, so I'm, I'm from St. Louis. I rooted for the Islanders and the blues. And 
Lamarello is like the made man in the league. He gets every benefit of the doubt, like the, the other GMs and teams, you know, talk about it. They're, they're like whispering, you know, this summer when he was apparently allowed to talk to Tavares before, mm, <laughs> before yeah. he was this an actual Islanders employee. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like the Blues signed, you know, Steve, Scott Stevens is a free agent. The league hated it. You know, they, they so the next year they signed Shanahan as a free agent. <laughs> and uh, Lamorello is able to uh, get Stevens his compensation, which is just amazing. Like, I mean, how history would have changed uh, if that didn't happen. I mean, how even Lamorello's legend uh, would be different. But, like, they've, the Devils even won, like, additional draft picks from the Blues, like, throughout the decade for, for tampering charges because, <laughs> like, Stevens's agent would reach out, you know, about, you know, him coming back to the team the next time he hit. For, like, they even levied one fine after the agent was already dead. <laughs> You know, just like I just feel like so here we have this guy. He's a made guy in the league like he gets every benefit of the doubt. And now we've gotten him when I think they're ready to, like, have him sleep with the fit. He's he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt anymore. They're like, oh, OK, yeah, you, you can go ahead and go to the Islanders now. That, that, that we're going with that. Like, that'll be your retirement home. Right. But I just, yeah. you know, because I've I, it's uh uh. It, it, I just feel like this is par for the course for me. I mean, on the on the blue side, they had Scotty Bowman as coach before he went on and won like five consecutive cups or something. They had Al Arbor as coach before he went on and won 19 consecutive playoff series. They had uh, Joel Quenville before he went on and won cups with their main rival. That's a great one. <laughs> the Shanahan the went. club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to- totally, yeah. totally. And so, and it, it, so it's either that or like they got you know Gretzky for. 19 games or something. Oh, yeah. Keenan. Yeah, I was going to uh, say Mike Keenan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After he won the, you know, after all of his methods were so clearly unsound for the 90s NHL, uh, you know, like he, he, he needed every possible ex oiler uh, in the arsenal to, to win one uh, blip. And and then that was it. And then they like gave him all the power in St. Louis. And of course, he just scorched everything. Brett Hole's gone. <laughs> Shanahan's gone. Gretzky's there for two weeks before he turns around and, and leaves. So, I, I, I just uh, my history and a lot of it overlaps with Lamarillo, uh makes me think like yeah finally finally we got that guy except it, the way the league is now I don't think he's that guy anymore <laughs> so I'm gonna have to deal with it. I think he'll get the benefit of a lot of things. Uh, I I've always thought that I mean once I found out that Gary Bettman kind of grew up going to games at Nassau Coliseum. I was always like, you know what? I think Gary's got the Islanders back. I think there's a reason why they're still here after all of that, like, you know, relocation yeah. drama and stuff. I mean, he could have just told them, like, we got to sell this team and move them someplace else. But they're still here. I think he likes having them here. And I, nobody wants to admit that. Nobody likes Gary Bettman. But I don't know. I kind of like that. I think Bettman's got their back. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's something to that of having, you know, the uh, the the past legend. And, I mean – you know, guys like, I mean, we had Ted Nolan. The Islanders had Ted Nolan after he was, you know, his his run. And Peter LaViolette before his run. So, I mean, Mike, I'm sure you yeah. can come up with a whole bunch of other guys that were all like, you know, here before or after their legendary time. You know, but. I, I really loved Ted Nolan. I think I called the Islanders to, like, ticket office when they fired him. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, you know, I was like, I don't really, I know this isn't your fault, but I really liked him. <laughs> But I, I like so that. Was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the lady was really nice. Yeah. But I mean, that's but that's like the kind of you know what what the good thing of like the great part about those 
hires uh, is that like you're like, oh, you know, maybe they can recapture the magic. They rarely do. I mean, yeah. the Ted, Nol- Ted Nolan years were fun. And I think that he he kind of did bring like a little bit of a culture change, but he did it by not being a player, by being a coach. Right. So yeah. that's usually where it comes from. <laughs> I, I've never I, I've yes. never thought that a coach matched a team better than Ted Nolan coaching the Islanders because it was the guy who was blacklisted. Right. Versus the, you know, coaching the team that has literally been blacklisted by everybody forever. So I thought that really worked. And then I, I liked when uh, when Jack Capuano first started. And, um, geez, who was the Rangers coach at the time? Like, it was all very kind of like Probably Tom Rennie or something. It might have been Tom Rennie or maybe, or maybe, no, it was Vino. It was Alain Vino and Capuano. And then who coached the Devils before? Oh, and then Pete DeBoer, right? So like DeBoer, DeBoer I, I forget if it was at that point, but it, it just seemed like every every area team had their like perfect match. Like you know, Vino yeah. was always put together. You know, he's always he's like the mastermind. Like he's always got all this stuff. You know, he's a big analytics guy. And he's always got this stuff laid out. And then like DeBoer is sort of like this the nondescript hockey guy. He looks a little like you know the lost Bill Murray brother, and but he's you know he's he knows his stuff and he's just out there doing his thing quietly efficiently and then you got Jack Capuano who looks like he literally rolled in off the street <laughs> you know coaching a team of long hairs that have no business being on the same ice but they had a lot of energy you know so i thought that all kind of worked out pretty well um but uh, yeah so all right let's um let me change the subject very quickly that was all very intense and and Dom, I appreciate the rant. I apologize. No, no, no. That's There's a lot of baggage here. No, that's good. No, it's a that's a lifetime of baggage. This whole show is about baggage. That's the whole that's reason right. we do this. Yeah. Um, so, well, I, so here's a baggage laden topic too. So the other thing the Islanders did this week was they announced their third jersey. Now, as I wrote, normally an Islanders third jersey is you know the worst news of the year includes the Islanders announcing a third jersey. This third jersey, I'm happy to say, is not a total disaster. But it doesn't mean it's good either. It's just sort of there. It's fine. Honestly, I think it's fine. Like I, they're going to wear it for a couple of years, get another one. I don't really care. But Mike, you you said you had some some feelings on it, or maybe your non feelings on it are your feelings on it, and it's kind of indicative of like where the team is at right now, almost. Yeah, it, it, it's like the goal song conversation we had last year. Like this, the jerseys, the jerseys fine. Like it's not like uh, it's not ugly or anything, but it's just it's like very safe. And I think that's what the Islanders PR strategy has been for i don't know like like my entire adult life because they were for for the first part of my first half of my life the islanders were just made fun of for every decision they made like from the fisherman jersey to everything uh uh, you know player sumo wrestlers as goalies whatever so the now this the pr strategy is you know make sure that you know we, we we participate in these cool things like third jerseys but we just make sure that they won't get us bad press Whereas like like and then in a parallel to this is the, what the Flyers did with their mascot where they, you know, they got this wonderful thing. And like nine times out of ten, that 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 decision by the Flyers comes back to hurt them and everyone makes fun of it. But for some reason, just in the moment, it worked and everybody loves it. Like that's what I was kind of hoping for in, in you know, in from game ops and stuff, especially now that it's kind of, you know, a new era kind of deal. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, whether people wanted the fisherman logo, some people hate it, some people don't, you know. But taking a chance, like that, would have been fun. It would have given the team like a little bit more of a like, like, like identity, but like something that that we could kind of hold on to. Uh, and I just, I wish the island. What I'm saying is, I just wish that them from a from like a PR standpoint would take, you know, more chances and be quirky 
quirkier because yeah. that's that's what the Islanders are. The Islanders are a weird, weird thing. Yeah. And they, uh, no, they they seem to be kind of gun shy with stuff like that. Like they kind of want to be out there, but I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like I'm kind of glad they don't have one of these sort of sentient, self-referential or whatever self-aware Twitter feeds like the Kings or mm-hmm. or Bla- or Blue Jackets that I have absolutely blocked from. <laughs> from all Twitter accounts because I can't take them anymore. I'm glad they're not like that. But yeah, I'm with you. Like, I, I feel like they, they could embrace themselves being kind of out there. I mean, they're suburban. Th- them and the Ducks are really the only two suburban teams left in the NHL, and that would be something to do. And I mean, they do a lot of Long Islandy stuff, and maybe that'll change when they move to Belmont. Maybe they'll work some, like, horse-themed stuff into there. You don't know. But, um, yeah, the, the, the New Jersey is sort of bland. And um, I don't know. I kind of thought about it for a couple of days, and I know people are going to hate this, but – um, if I was going to do a third, the thing about third jerseys is it's got to call. I forget. Somebody else said this too. And I think it was, I think it might've been Dan and Noel on their podcast. Um, like it's gotta, it's gotta mean something to somebody and it's gotta like either call back to an old Jersey or kind of like maybe set the tone for the future maybe. But I think generally speaking, people like the old, the look of going back to the old jerseys. And I think for the Islanders, that means one of two things. Either you go back to 1972-73 style, the lace-ups, no names, orange numbers, or you do the Fisherman. Like, that's it. And I think if they did the Fisherman, I think more people would like it than not. You'd be a lot of guys going, ah, this sucks. I hated this one. It was out. I get that. But, like, it's a that's a jersey that, like, people have emotional ties to it, like Mike, you were saying. They either hate it or they love it. But... It's something that people can say, yes, that is something I want to do. I mean, they're, they're wearing Whalers jersey now in Carolina. How many people hate that? You know, probably a lot. So, but it's a, it's a jersey that people have an emotional attachment to. And I, I probably would have seen something like that. But at the end of the day, if it's fine and bland, I'd rather take that than something that, you know, is going to get people yelling at each other for six years or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I found it odd, like the players describing it, like it seems like all the things they like are details that, probably look really cool when you're like holding in your hand, but that you would never be able to notice, like even in a HD TV interview between periods, like it's still doesn't the collar. <laughs> like, okay, right. So. Yeah. And there's like, oh, there's, I loved, I tweeted one because they said like, uh, there's an, what do they call it? A new, a new striping R- refined striping system, system. or, or some refined yeah. striping system, which Very I just, refined. I just love, I'm, I'm just going to use that often if I can actually remember it. But <laughs> no, I, I wondered if, if it almost gave me the impression like and because they didn't release a schedule of when they're going to wear it, did they? And no, I, I, don't I kind think of so. wonder. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm wondering if it's like they're like, well, Lou, no, we, we already signed out. Like we have to have a third jersey. Well, <laughs> if you are, it, this is what it you know, it has to look as completely bland and not different yeah. from the regular look as possible. And oh, yeah, we're only going to wear it two games. I wonder, yeah, if, if how often they're actually going to to break it out because I. Didn't he? Wasn't he really reluctant to use the uh, their their green the devils the green yeah. throwback like yeah. they, forever? They wouldn't do that, and that's that's just a crime, you know, to be like, no, we're not. It's like, come on, that's you were there when you guys wore that. That was when yeah. you first made the playoffs. That's like, what I'm just, talking about. Like that's what people want because there's an emotional connection. Yeah, to <laughs> it's it's funny too because like to me this it jer- the jersey is very similar to the uh, Yankee Stadium jersey that they yeah. wore. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. the one it reminds me of the most. It, it, to me, that's like. I couldn't even tell you. I, I remember being cold at that game, and I'm pretty sure Bro- I'm pretty sure Brock Nelson scored. Yeah. So it's it, it, this is it's basically the Brock Nelson of third jerseys. Like, <laughs> right. Oh, there's our title right there. Yes. Oh, that's yes. awesome. Thank you. 
Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I I think that's probably the most accurate description of the jersey that I have heard this entire time. Um, yeah, they have uh, the um, let's say here. Oh yeah, the subtle. This is from the Islanders uh, webpage. Uh, subtle nods to the team heritage with a color palette, refined striping system, and orange numbering, <laughs> reminiscent of the team's inaugural 1972-73 blue sweater. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I was actually – it's funny you mentioned that, Dom, too, with, with Lou is because, you know, it took a while for them to announce this. Like other teams had kind of announced it during the summer when there's nothing else going on. It's something to do. And I started to wonder, wouldn't it be cool if like Luke – I don't know if cool is the right word, but wouldn't it be funny if Lou like immediately showed up and immediately said – all right, and they brought it to him and it's like, okay, we're doing the third jersey. And he'd be like, nope, we're not doing a third. No third jersey. Yeah. I'm out of th- – we don't do third jerseys. My teams don't do third jerseys. Although even though the Leafs had one, I was like, wow, that would be something. And then like, we'd have a whole story about how we killed the Jersey and people would be mad and it would be a whole big thing. And it would be, Oh my God, it's another Islanders thing, but actually it would be kind of funny. And uh, yeah. then when I saw the Jersey, I was like, oh, it's, it's really not worth killing. Like it's just sort of there. Yeah. And you know, he probably True. was like, oh, I don't care. Whatever. But, it needs more, more nods to heritage. Like there should be like, uh, like jail bars for the gang of four, like reference <laughs> yes. somewhere in there. Yeah. Like, Lighthouses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, some waves. Yeah. The wave right. <laughs> yeah. That's just, just make a big Franken jersey. That would be great. Like, yeah, like, that would be nice. One of everything on there. But anyway, again, buy it if you like it. Don't buy it if you don't. A couple of years from now, it'll go away. You know, people like the black. People complain. Uh, you know, non-Islander fans would always complain to me. Oh, those black jerseys are terrible. And I'd be like, next time you watch a game. Look in the stands. You see a lot of those black jerseys. People liked them. So you, know, you can never really tell. People like the orange. I'm sure, Mike, you love that orange jersey. I, that they, yeah, I really yeah, did. I, I didn't like that. That, that's, <laughs> that was one of my uh, – I, 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 people like, you know, you, you think about a jersey, you try to think about the player that, you know, you, you, you equate to it. And for some reason, I just see it like half tuck, tucked into like Jason Blake's shorts or yeah. Sean Bates. Mm. That jer- yeah. that jer- I liked it. I, I really liked that jersey. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, to me, the, uh, you know, the fisherman brings up some bad memories, but you know, that'll always be Ziggy Palfrey's Jersey. And, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the, the sort of, they, they did make some subtle changes. Actually, it's funny with the Islanders is they, they made little tiny changes for a lot of years throughout the seventies and eighties. And I mean, to yeah. me, the LaFontaine era ones are like the logo is a little bit smaller and the numbers are a little bit different, but that to me, like LaFontaine Ferraro era would be, you know, probably my favorites, but. I guess we should talk about the game that's actually going to happen tomorrow, the first game of the season. I, I think we all hope the they fir- win, but the first thing you need to do is 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 find somebody to take a will Calvin DeHaan score ah, prop bet yes. and, and oh, just say yes, absolutely, because he right. won his first goal in like three years. I mean, yeah, it'll go through Spice's legs or something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, I would I would bet money on a hat trick. I mean, doesn't every every time the, the Islanders play a, uh, the Hurricanes, this, doesn't a defenseman have a hat trick? I mean, it's it's pretty wild. I think that yeah, he's definitely going to score. Um, but you know, we don't know who the goalie is, so <laughs> maybe they'll get help. But I, I think the number one thing. I mean, I, I would be happy. I mean, obviously a win would be great. But I think if they they if they play with structure, and that's another overused word that we should probably talk about at some point. Like, I think that would probably be a good sign. Like if they if they didn't you know give up yeah. six goals <laughs> like the Bruins are right now I don't know what the score of that game right now between the Bruins and Caps is um, you know I think that would be kind of a good sign and I would be like okay let's see how this goes because um, that's what I want to see from Trotz I want to see them kind of you know play with structure um, Dom what about you what what would you like to see 
And what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. No, I agree. I, if, you know, if, if you see Trotz's impact, you know, and see it, it'll be, it'll be like the expansion teams uh, with, with structure under Roger Nielsen or something, but it's, it, I think that'd be a positive sign. And I think that's the best chance probably for Grice um, and Laner, but especially Grice to, to have decent seasons is if, okay, that I don't have the most talented crew in front of me, but if they're at least predictable in how they handle play and approach assignments and coverage, um, you know, then they'll be a lot more competitive, um, less pond hockey, but, but it's, you know, they'll be in games, but without the, the talent to, to win them. Yeah. Um, Trot said something, uh, the other day, I forget where, where he said, uh, you know, in order for our goalies to stop the pucks, they need to see them. So I guess that means yeah. he's not into shot blocking, which is good. We don't need that. Um, Mike, besides the, uh, Calvin DeHaan goal and, and, uh, hat, and or hat trick, what are you expecting to see, uh, tomorrow? Uh, probably the, the Islanders just get run around and like, like you said, like, you know, if tr- the, the Capitals under trots were all like, we're always outshot. It, you know, he, he stressed, I think he, he did an interview in the summer talking about quality of chances. Yeah. Like we're saying. And, and so I, I think, you know, we're, we're going to see the, the, the Islanders in, and I, I think this goes for, for basically every game that the Islanders are going to spend a lot of time in their own zone. Yeah. So, uh, just get used to that. Get used, to, get used to seeing that, and then. Uh, but they'll be so much more competent and organized there. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, and and the and the the culture will be great in that zone. That's the thing. You have to you have to really look yeah. at the culture in the zone. They'll, yeah, they'll be stuck in their zone for two minutes at a time, but the culture in that zone is going to be off the charts. It's, it's going to be great. Uh, um, so this will be a, a Rod Brindamore's debut too, right? He's a, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. He, he's yeah. An, he's another guy. He, he's not quite as as Shanahan-y as Shanahan in my mind where like he ruined oh, yeah. a lot of things, but I never liked Rod Brendamore as a player. Like <laughs> pissed me off. Get, take your apostrophe and, you know, get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always like Rod Brendamore cuz he was always like he was like the first hockey player that was jacked. I mean, this guy spent more time in in the weight room than yeah. he did on the ice. And he was always on like muscle magazines and stuff and I mean, he was and then, you know, Rick DiPietro did that too, and his hips just exploded every time he played. Right. It was really a shame, but Rod Brindamore didn't have that problem. Yeah, yeah. Brindamore came up as a rookie in, yeah. in St. Louis, like for the playoffs. And, like, they, I mean, you know, you've got Brett Hull smoking cigarettes and eating donuts. Like, just they <laughs> mocked him. They're like, oh, Rod the Bod's here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he scored on his first two shots in the NHL. That's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> as, as, uh, and, and as handsome as we, we agree that Valtteri Filippola is, I think. And no offense to Rob Brindamore, again, great player. Rob Brindamore, not a handsome man. That, that <laughs> nose has seen some shit, yeah. man. That nose yeah. is, yeah, been through the wars. <laughs> again, great player. I like the guy. But, you know, um, but yeah, we'll see how, how he does as a coach. And, you know, um, and then, and then we play our, so they play the Hurricanes and they play the, they play the entire Western Conference. I mean, like, Basically, before the yeah. Hey, October. Dude, that's great. The Islanders are great against the Western Conference. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But but it just goes to like it just is like you know imagine just being in Anaheim and on and in October like twentieth before hockey season's really started and the Islanders come to town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Islanders without John Tavares. Coming. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know how many how many. It's a shame because like I don't know if this is. It would be a shame that Matthew, if Matthew Barzell doesn't sell more tickets on the road because I think people are genuinely missing out on a really unique player 
But I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Like I can't imagine a lot of people. I mean, what are they playing Anaheim on a Wednesday night in October? Nobody's going to that game. Like that just ain't happening, you know. So, uh, but hey, it's it. so if if you want to get on a plane and go to Anaheim, I bet those tickets are going to be pretty cheap. So you can see the Islanders on the road. There you go. But yeah, they play. They play the the Predators, and then I think they play San Jose at home. Oh, right, the matinee. Yeah, and then they go on the West Coast swing, which, again, might not be the worst thing in the world. You know, the trots is all about getting together, the camaraderie, getting on the road trips and stuff. So, I don't know. Yeah, Lucas Fizo will be cooking up some Italian dinner for him. (laughs) It'll be great. They got to get rid of this guy. They got it because this is going to be a whole (laughs) thing now. (laughs) Yeah, Brian Strait. It's the new Brian Strait. It's great. Devon Taves is going to set the record for most goals by a defenseman in the HL to start a season. And yeah, Lucas Lucas is making lasagna for everybody in a hotel in Anaheim. <laughs> <laughs> it's, going be, it's going to be bad. Uh, all right, um, a few things to uh, I just want to go over before we uh, we uh, say uh, you know adieu and uh, you know look forward to the game. Um, a couple of things I forgot to plug Nolan Dan's podcast, which started last week. You should all be listening to that. Uh, they had Arthur Staple on this week. It's always good, very insightful. Um, Dan brings up a good point all the time about how he sees two lines that are pretty good and two lines that are always chasing the puck, which is what we were talking about, which gets me, again, very scared for the coming season. Um, Arthur Staple also did a, um, a Q&A at The Athletic today. It was all about Devon Taves. I'm not even kidding. Like Every question was oh, about Taves, funny. why he's there, when's he coming back, what did he do? I mean, it's fine, but it's all about Taves, so there you go. Um I want to plug a, a, a Twitter account. Again, disclaimer, Twitter is the worst. People on Twitter are generally the worst. However, uh, and I have to thank you guys because uh, I think, Dom, you retweeted him. And, Mike, I saw him through your, your Twitter account. I don't know who. I shouldn't say him, but this account. It's called Random Islanders Photos, and it's at Islanders Random. And if you're not following it already, you should be. It is literally what the title says. Random Islanders photos. Just photos of Islanders in random places. Here, I'm looking at Chico Resch right here. Yeah, it's become my happy place. Yeah. yeah Mary Strakowski's totally here. Ralph Macchio's yeah, here. Like, it's so just, there's some great ones. When I saw Ruslan Fedotenko in like a leather jacket, I just was yeah, I don't yeah. know where they were. They were. <laughs> um, this here, this, this, there's a picture here of the uh, T-shirts they gave out during the Milstein, Gluckstern era. Oh. Like what an Islanders fan is. Which, <laughs> man, if I had that shirt still, I swear to God, I'd still be wearing it. Fit me, but um, and what I love about the the the, the account is that there's no commentary. It's just hashtag yes. Isles right. and a picture, and that's it. That's the way it should be. I don't know who runs it. I don't care who runs it. it doesn't matter who runs it. It's just hashtag Isles and then a the picture, and you it's, you project onto it what you want. <laughs> right. There's no commentary need. Every picture speaks for itself. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Just that's fantastic way. It's great, and it's. <laughs> great too because it ends up it ends up putting me down a rabbit hole like the other day i saw i, I was just scrolling through it just because it's like i hope there's a new one on it and, and i came back to the uh 2000 2001 poster so it's like scatchered and yeah. is mister and then i went on youtube and i watched the, the last three seconds there's a great youtube video of the islanders clinching the playoffs in 2002 or 2000 oh, yeah, 2002 yeah. against the capitals and it's just two seconds of a pu- <laughs> it's a puck drop and then it's a celebration, and Claude Lapointe is crying because he's so happy that the Islanders made the playoffs. And it's just, it's, it was great. So that's, yeah, that that account will send you down like a, yeah. a really good or bad rabbit hole. It re- it yeah, really they have the great. hockey news. Yeah, sorry, the hockey news cover with uh, Paul Fee 
and yep. uh, Chara. Like, yes, the, yes. And he's looking up like that. That first of all, I have that. It's like I've never <laughs> framed it, but it's like in my closet for me to look at every. <laughs> and it it just captures so many damn emotions and nostalgia and anger and happiness all at one. The, like, the the Chara half of that. I mean, the, oh. the Palfi half. I mean, he looks kind of like Ziggy always looked, but Chara's first of all, he's wearing number fifty three. Yeah. His hair is long. He looks like he's barely <laughs> shaved in his life, and he's just enormous. Right. And he's so big that his head covers the K and the E in hockey, <laughs> in the hockey news uh, uh, headline uh, there, the masthead. So, yeah, the, the whole site is great. Uh, Islanders yeah. Random, at Islanders Random. random that, that, Islanders Twitter, that Twitter account should be worth, you know, that person should be paid, like, $120,000 yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the kind of PR like you want to talk about off the wall Islanders PR that they should really embrace yeah. this is it <laughs> yeah exactly like I, like, I just re- remember that the, back to that photo of like Fedotenko it's like him and Comrie and Bill Garrett I think Brian Burnett. oh yeah and, Brian and yeah. I just remember when they signed those guys they, because it was Sim Fedotenko, yep. Garen. They announced them all at like the same exact time and they and did told a photo- Garen he's captain yes <laughs> Yeah. And they did like a photo shoot at like a mini golf course or something. Right. It was the strangest thing. So this, more of that. This picture is yeah. from them at some some Esquire <laughs> hockey fights cancer event, and so it's a really yeah. I mean, Mike Comrie's there. Yeah, Fedotenko, Rick DiPietro with the short crew cut, Bill Guerin, and Brian Barrett. So yeah, it's great. And then right below it is Pat Lafontaine, like I guess a draft day with his. His Rick Springfield hair. It's it's great. I mean, it's funny thing is like he's only got seventy four. They only have seventy four tweets, uh, and all of them are gold. It's great. So kudos to you, sir or madam, whoever runs that site. Hopefully, you get a lot more follows thanks to this. But you're doing a great job. Also, totally forgot to plug uh, our friend Kerry Haber runs a website called The Cap Space, which is just at the Cap Space. Articles about uh, you know team structure and and salary caps and and all that kind of stuff. If you're into that, this is the place to go. He's got a lot of smart people writing for them. So the cap space, you should check it out. Carrie's good people. We know him a long time, so you should definitely follow that. Uh, and then my movie review, as I'm trying to do these things every week now, uh, just in time for it to come out on Blu-ray, just in time for Comic Con, Ant Man and Wasp. Uh, it was good. Uh, I like the first one better. I think Evangeline Lilly had more to do in the first one. Before she was the Wasp, then she did as the Wasp, but she's a good addition to the Marvel Universe. Paul Rudd's always a good time. It's Marvel. It's fun. He's Ant-Man. And the little post-credit sequence is like the best they've ever done. So check it out. It's on Blu-ray. It's Ant-Man and Wasp. You probably already watched it, but if you haven't, uh, now it's time to watch it. I I don't don't really see uh, superhero movies, but I saw the, the, the preview for it. That has to be the first time I saw her in anything since Lost. Well, so, it's funny I'm you mention that back. she was going to retire after Lost oh. because it was a lot of work. She she was going to retire to Hawaii. I guess she has a kid or two kids or something, and she was just about done with acting. And they went to her and were like, hey, we want you to do this. And uh, she was like, eh, I don't know. We'll think about it. This was the first Ant-Man. And uh, she liked it and signed on. And now she's like she's doing stuff. So you're not crazy. Like <laughs> she really did disappear between Lost and Ant-Man. But uh, no, she's she's great. I just wish she the problem. My big problem with Ant-Man and Wasp is they showed you all the cool stuff in the trailer. So if you saw the trailer, as you just said, then you don't need to see the movie because you saw all the cool stuff in it. But it is it is a pretty good movie, though. They're all pretty good. So there you go. There's my movie review. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. <laughs> oh, boy. The Caps beat the Bruins seven to nothing. Ouch. Yeah, Yara oh, Halak got in. I think Yara Halak's going to be pretty important for the Bruins this year. Yeah, he was. He, yeah, the, like you have to take any goal. Grice was horrible, but Halak like 
put up hit the equivalent of like a 94 save percentage in, on that defense. <laughs> yeah, I, he's uh, one of the most fascinating things that never gets talked about is how Bruins fans have been trying to run Tuka Rask out of town for like right. 10 years now. And it's amazing to me. Like, I don't understand what you want from this guy. Um, but it's funny to me that they, that they the backup is always the most. They used to say this about Detroit. The most popular guy is the backup goalie. Yeah. Now it's in Boston. Like the most popular guy is the backup goalie, and it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what? I would. I'll take Tuka Rask. Yeah, I was gonna so. say <laughs> Tuka Rask would be. If Tuka Rask was an Islander, he'd be the greatest Islander goalie since maybe ever. Like it's <laughs> funny, but uh, it's funny how how little how little uh, a trip to the Stanley Cup Finals and a couple of first place finishes will carry with certain fan bases, Boston. Anyway, um, that's it. I mean, uh, did I miss anything? You guys want to have anything else to say? I mean, it's it's funny how we're all kind of sitting here just sort of like sighing, and the season starts tomorrow. <laughs> like nobody yeah. really has a lot like, yeah, man, let's get at it. Let's go Islanders. Like nobody's really doing that, you know? which I'm not surprised right. about, but still. Yeah, I just yeah. I hope I hope I hope they make it watchable, like right. at least the first couple of weeks. Like I hope if 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 they get out of the gates hot, like I'll be thrilled. Be that's cool. that's yeah. really it. Yeah, I'll be excited if yeah they just show any you know general competence. <laughs> and if you see the trots effect happen, yeah. right. I, I am really interested how he's going to mess with the lineup as he starts to discover uh, weaknesses. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know one thing Staple brought up in that Q and A, as I was joking, it was mostly about Devon Taves, but uh, it, you know we got to see how long that leash is and like, you know, okay. They, they signed Sabiza to a, a one year, $1.5 million deal, which isn't chump change, but you know, he's kind of, I guess, negligible in a way. Like if he doesn't work out, they can get rid of him. So if that happens and you know, you think, you know, they, they did extend the, the evaluation period a little while, then maybe that's okay. But you know, they, they can't afford to drop too many games and then make it up, you know, later on. Cause they probably won't. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, okay. Uh, well, Dom, thanks for coming on. This has been great. Um, you know, we'll get you on again this year. I promise. <laughs> I always say that, but I promise. no worries. That's uh, right. No, thanks for thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, well, anytime. Start. This has always been great. Um, you should follow Dom at LH Hockey. You probably are already. You should read Lighthouse Hockey every day for your update. Uh, your uh, every daily updates of Island. I'm gonna. I got to really write this down because I want to make sure I get this right. I got to write the first time. I totally forgot what it was. Follow read lighthouse hockey every day for updated Islanders news and discussion. There you go. Um, and Dom always is at the forefront of that. And, and we appreciate all the work he does. I don't know how he does it all and has done it all for all this time, but thank God he does because I don't know where we'd be without him. Um, and then Mike, your Twitter handle as always. Uh, the big Lee basket with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. You have to follow him. He's uh, he's uh, a must follow for Islanders fans. I don't know why you don't have more follows. You should. There you go. That's why I said it. Thank you. I, I like to keep a. I always like to keep a low, low profile and be on the sly for things. Anyways. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. So that's about it. Um. Thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh. Good luck this season <laughs> to the Islanders. Hopefully, you know, when you're listening to this uh, and uh, they've you know won the first game and a lot of these worries are, are kind of funny to listen to, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> any predictions? Do we have any predictions for what the final score will be tomorrow? 
I actually have a prediction for the game against the Predators where I think Thomas Grice is going to have one of his weird, like, 57 save shutouts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll take it. Well, and, and, well, like, a really low-scoring game, like, they win, like, 2-1 to one or something? Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, then. All right. So, Dom. So, we have a prediction for game two. What's your prediction for game one? Um, I'm going with uh, let's see, four two for Carolina on a Dahan winner, of course. There you go. That sounds about yes. Right. All yeah. four or four, all four goals by Calvin. Right. Yeah. Four goals. <laughs> four goals by Kevin Dahan in in a four two victory for the Hurricanes. And I will predict Monday's uh, matinee against San Jose. Will be five nothing sharks. I feel like the Islanders are going to be they're going to have them right where they want them. Matinee game, team on the road early in the season, and they're just going to not show up. And we'll yeah, especially like, a West Coast. Yep, team too. Yeah. Oh, and they got four days off <laughs> after like that. 11. That's awesome. So there you go. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I wanted to actually say that we always say the schedule is weird. The Islanders play like five times in October. So <laughs> yeah. at, least, at least we don't have to watch them that often. Yeah. They play five times, and two of them are against the Sharks. Two of them actually technically they play six times. Twice against the Sharks, twice against the Predators, and twice against the Hurricanes. That's it. Those are the only <laughs> great schedule. Uh, but we will be here, which is great. We'll be here every week. So uh, we'll see how those predictions hold up next week when we show up. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you then. Bye bye.